So now I'm possessed. I can't get this notion out of my mind. I realize I've stumbled across a giant, untapped market here, a need waiting to be filled. But how to fill it? Then it hits me. Thank God. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Moonlighting the Podcast. Hi, Shauna. Hi, Grace. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am great, thanks. Now Shauna's had a recent change in her life, so do you want to tell the listeners all about it? Well, I am great. I've had a little life change in the last week. I moved back from Shanghai to California. That is so exciting. Yes, things really changed overnight in Shanghai, and I decided to leave pretty quickly. So very happy to be back in the States. Um, I really enjoyed my time there, but COVID will mess with our lives in many different ways, you know. And you surprised your family. They didn't know you were coming. I did. That's right. My sister and my brother knew, but my parents did not know. And I showed up on Easter at my mom and dad's house. And um, yeah, they they got a little surprise at the door. And <laughs> and my, yeah, my mom was pretty uh, nervous about me being in Shanghai and always asking me to come back. And I just kept telling her. Oh, I have work to do and the school wants me to stay, you know, because I teach. And, um, but I was just messing with her and I knew I was coming back. <laughs> you were trying not to laugh on the phone. I know that. <laughs> I know. I know. I had to pull the phone away from my face so she couldn't see me laughing. And yeah, we pulled it off. It all just worked out perfectly. I got out of Shanghai pretty easily and relatively. And as, you know, for the craziness that's going on there. And, um, got home without her knowing and showed up at the house. And so it was a big surprise, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, just settling, you know, back to life in America, which is wonderful. So happy to be home, at least for a while, who knows where I'll head off to next. But yeah, good times. That's so good. You're back in America and your family. I'm very happy to have you back. And oh, yeah. and if you want to see if you want to watch the video, <laughs> <laughs> Shauna yes. has created a video on her YouTube channel of her trip home and surprising her mum at the front door. It was so yeah, good. that's right. 
it's on my personal channel, which is S S A A R I three, eight, six on YouTube. Uh, yes, I made a video, um, my whole journey home from Shanghai to San Francisco to my parents' doorstep where I rang the doorbell and, and grace was such a big support as well. So thank you, grace for all the encouragement and, um, you know, just, uh, being there when I needed to talk and tell you about my journey back and help make decisions <laughs> and all of that. Mm, Very, so much yeah. fun. I was a little bit worried until you got home, until you landed, then I, I, I had know. a sigh of relief. It was wonderful. I know. Yes. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. Let's get into this episode. This yeah. episode is called Somewhere Under the Rainbow. It first aired on the 19th of November, 1985. It was directed by Peter Crane. It was written by Carl Sorter and Deborah Frank. The guest stars were Alexandra Johnson as a leprechaun, as Kathleen Kilpatrick, um, mm-hmm. David Patrick Kelly as McBride, Danny Dayton as the coroner, Sam Whipple as Kathleen's One Night Stand, Robert Allen Brown as Edward O'Leary, and Carmen Philpy as a security guard. And there is one more guest, which I'll talk talk to you about Shauna later on because he's not accredited and I don't understand why. Anyway, okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. The synopsis of the episode, a woman is being chased by several men and hires the agency to protect her. She claims to be a leprechaun and that the men are after her pot of gold. Maddie doesn't want to take the case as she believes the woman needs psychiatric help, but David decides to take the case anyway. The pot of gold turns out to be money that was stolen from a bank in Ireland by the woman's father many years earlier. They finally locate the pot of gold just where the woman said it would be, and now she has to find a way to flee the country with it. Or does she? (laughs) Somewhere under the rainbow. Now, did the version that you watched have the preview where it said tonight on Moonlighting and it had scenes from the episode kind of cut together? Like a preview? Did you see that? No, I watched the DVD, so that doesn't have that. Okay. Yeah, the version that I have, um, which is the MP4s, and it's the one that I put on YouTube, it has Tonight on Moonlighting, and it has a a lot of clips um, from the episode cut together, kind of like, you know, it would be normally a preview at the end of an episode, like like next week on Moonlighting. For some reason, I don't know why, this version of the episode that I have has this preview. It says tonight on Moonlighting, and then it has clips. The only reason I mention it is because some of the clips that they use are a different take than you actually see in the show, you know? So I kind of had fun this episode. I watched the preview and then, you know, because we're always saying that we want to see some of those different takes and, and things like that, right? So you can see it on YouTube anyway. But um, yeah, so I kind of had fun while I was watching the episode. I, when it got to you know one of the clips they used from the show, I went back to the preview and I you know would see is this a different take or the same take? Most of the times it was a different take. So it just shows you that there is a lot of footage out there that we haven't seen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of see how Sybil and Bruce would say it a different way, different inflections and things like that. Um, and I, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. see the comparisons. That's yeah, yes. that's stuff we want to see. We want to see. I know more we want to see more of that. I know exactly. <laughs> and this is one of the only episodes that has that preview. 
But uh, this, okay, well, one, one thing you mentioned was uh, this aired November 19th, 1985. You know, just from the, the subject matter of the episode, I was thinking it must have aired around St. Patrick's Day. It must have aired in March or something. And I looked it up uh, and know, you know, it, it aired in November. Yeah. So why? Why this episode in November? Mm-hmm. Who's coming up with this concept in November? And just why this episode in general? I just don't really understand this episode at all. This episode... <laughs> <laughs> this episode comes out of nowhere. This is a total fantasy episode. It's like it's not even real at all. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. This episode is just one big fantasy episode. Yeah. And yeah. why? And what yeah, it's But just... then it doesn't at the end it doesn't turn out to be the fantasy episode, really. No, I think in the end it tells you it all was a fantasy episode because they get that pot of gold. Oh, yeah. In my view, it wasn't a fantasy because it turned out she wasn't a leprechaun, even though she still thought she was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's true. We did get like the reality of her situation and all of that. But the pot of gold then brings you back to like, oh, well, it is all a fantasy episode. That's right. Yeah, I get you. Yep. Yeah. It yeah. was different. It was different. Yep. It would have been better aired in March. Yeah, it would have made more sense if it was aired in March. Even though it, it wasn't really about St. Patrick's Day, but still it was Irish. It was an Irish theme, so. Yeah, it would be more fitting. Yeah, it would it's be. It's almost like a DePesto episode, but starring Maddie and David or something. You know what I mean? It's almost, it, it has that feel to me because what was the episode before this? It was, was it Knowing Her? Yes. It, I mean, it's a total digression from. From reality to fantasy. Yeah, from real reality of like, you know, getting a peek into David's past and like, you know, Maddie and David's feelings being revealed a little bit more and things like that Mm. to, yeah, just total fantasy, like whatever, you know, it doesn't take us any further down the path of their relationship. They completely cut the cord there. Yes, yes, yeah. Between knowing her and Rainbow, it was like, where's the scissors? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then, you know, next week we go to Portrait of Maddie where we do go, you know, it seems like a natural progression from knowing her. So I, this episode to me just totally comes out of nowhere. It's probably my, one of my least viewed, you know. We'd have to talk yeah. to Deborah and Carl and see what their inspiration was. Yeah, I just don't. To bring the Irish theme and culture into the show. Very left field for me this episode, but that's okay. All right. Well, you want to begin? Yes, it opens up with rain again. With, yeah, um, I know. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's probably Sybil's double walking across the screen. The yes. lady just walking in the rain, she crosses the front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this guy gets out of a car and goes into this building and that's where that Irish gentleman is standing, right in front of the doorway of this poor guy. Um, <laughs> and he's standing there in the rain, getting all wet, looking up at a hotel room yes very Irish looking fellow with the the beret and so the wardrobe was good he really does look like an Irishman the camera work is on the ground again with the lady walking across and the guy gets out of the car walks across to the building and you're at the Irishman's feet then it goes up and he's standing there and then the camera goes behind him and he's looking up at this hotel room and he's smoking Mm mm-hmm Now, when you first watch this, you're looking at it and you're looking at the room with the light on. All the rest of the lights are not on. So your instinct is to look at that room thinking that's the room that she's in, but that's not the room. 
So yeah. it's interesting how they did that because you think, oh, yeah, yeah that she's in that room. Because when when the camera goes inside to the room where they are, I can tell it's not the same room because the window's open <laughs> and the curtain's moving. Yeah, it's and, dark. And not only that, the hotel sign is right outside the window. When you look out the window from where Kathleen is, the hotel sign is right, right outside the right. window. So if you look outside okay. the building, that's right. It matches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that hotel sign was reminding me of dream sequence. Yes. With uh, David or Zach or whoever sitting in the window, you know. Yep. Yeah. It was kind of um, all flashing back to like the previous episodes here. I put, I definitely never, never have paid attention to this part before. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> And then uh, it turns to some like flute music or, you know, and then it feels like Christmas all of a sudden. It feels like a Christmas episode all of a sudden, you know, it's like the episode is just so, you know, <laughs> I know it's You're like Irish. Shauna. You're not feeling it. <laughs> I am feeling it. I think it's very cute. It, I think it is a very cute episode, but I just don't understand the episode. I don't understand the point of having yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> At all, if that makes any sense. I mean, if well, I have like any right to yeah, say it, you it's know. different. It's unusual, but I like what Alf does with the music. It's Irish type yeah. music. Yes. Yeah. And the camera pans across, and you see a bottle of Paddy on the dressing table. And Paddy is a brand of blended Irish whiskey produced by Irish distillers at the Middleton Distillery in County Cork. Believe it or not, as of 2016, Paddy is the fourth largest selling Irish whiskey in the world. Really? Hmm. Paddy, never heard of it. I'm warning everybody, this episode is packed. Now, when I say packed, it is triple packed with references. There are references hidden in this episode, but a lot of them pass by you so quick that if you blink, you miss it. So just warning you, as we get to them, I'll be... Discussing them briefly, but we'll get to that. Peter Crane directed this episode and he was actually born in 1948 in Harrow, Middlesex, England. He's known for Moments in 1974 and Assassin, 1973 and Dark Room in 1981. His career begins in 1970 and he mainly did TV series, The Fall Guy, Knight Rider. He did one episode of Moonlighting. He did two episodes of The Law and Harry McGraw. He did nine episodes of Murder, She Wrote. That's where I recognise his name from as well. And he did an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents and three episodes of Hunter. So that's Peter Crane who directed this episode. Great. Now, was this the only episode that he directed? Yes. Okay. So you see Kathleen and her one-night stand and... This has never happened to me before. How many times did he have to say that? How many times did he have to say, this has never happened to me before. This has never happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> he was very smitten. Oh, he was smitten by her, but she is cute. And he wants to see her again. And she's, she's saying, no, but I have to give up my worldly pleasures. And he didn't know yeah. what that meant. She didn't <laughs> want to give him her name. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, she was kind of having her like last hurrah because I guess she thought that she had to kind of give up her worldly self to get her gold. 
Yeah, I didn't quite get why she had to give up her worldly pleasures, but um, something was going to change. Yeah, her worldly pleasures. Maybe it's a leprechaun tradition that once she gets her yeah, goal, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so an Irishman barges in with a rifle. Yes. He was very angry, saying, Give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> now, can you imagine back in 1985 watching this? Oh, yeah. You're watching this and you yeah. see an Irishman and you see a hotel room. <laughs> And you see this young girl and this guy in bed and a guy barging in with a rifle. And you're thinking, am I watching Moonlighting? Yeah. <laughs> a shotgun or something. Was a very, yes, exactly, a weird start. But I was just thinking later, if he was after the gold, which I guess he was, he went about it all wrong. I mean, just follow her. You know, why go into the hotel? You really think that like the pot of gold is in the hotel room or... That didn't, you know, again, it didn't make a lot of sense why he had to barge into the hotel room screaming all that. At least McBride followed her. Yes, exactly. So it didn't make sense for this old guy to just be barging in. So angry, demanding it. Yeah. And she does not seem surprised that he's there. She seems to know why. She she doesn't seem shocked that he's there. So it's obviously that she knows that some people are following her to get this pot of gold. Yes, she's very... And the rest of the episode, you know, always like saying and thinking that people are following her. And then her one night stand, you know, changes his mantra towards this situation. Now, this has never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) And he's thinking it's the father or the husband or. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think they would have made a cute couple. You know, she should have stuck with them. Yeah. This guy, his name is Sam Whipple. And. Who is it, the lover or the guy with the uh, the shotgun? Her one-night stand. His name is okay. Sam Whipple, yeah. Uh-huh. He unfortunately passed away in June 2002. He was only 41. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he had cancer. Oh. He was born in 1960 in Venice, California. He was an actor known for The Rock in 1996, Seven Days <laughs> in 1998, and The Doors in 1991. His career starts in 1981. He did a lot of um, television shows, Family Ties, Hill Street Blues. Oh, he did several episodes of the Larry Sanders show. He was in an episode of Home Improvement. He was the phone guy in Seinfeld. Yeah, that's unfortunate. He died at 41, the poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. He was in some good shows. Mm. Then she casts her spell and puts her hand out and I guess kills him <laughs> she thinks she kills him she thinks so she, she kills him yeah she starts speaking in what i'm assuming is gaelic and mm-hmm. puts her leprechaun spell on him and he just happens to have a heart attack at the same time so she thinks that she has killed him she thinks she's killed him but just a coincidence and her lover leaves right yeah and i'm like hang on a minute this guy's dead on the floor. What, are you going to leave her alone with a corpse on the ground in a hotel room? <laughs> oh, gosh, I think he was so freaked out. And she didn't seem that freaked out. So, No. no. Yeah. She's very calm about it. He's like, oh, this has never happened to me before. And he walks out. I'm like, okay, see ya. <laughs> this has never happened to me before. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And then Addison enters Maddie's office. <laughs> Speaking a million miles an hour. Honestly, this dialogue in this scene is, it's just high level, high speed. 
Mm, gosh, so yeah. It's a million miles an hour. And another thing I noticed with this episode, and especially this scene, that they're all single shots again. <laughs> they're not together. They're not in the, they're not in the same room it, with a lot of the shots. So he barges in on the left-hand side door, which that doesn't normally happen. Mm, yeah, that's true. Oh, sometimes it's scary how smart I am. How what you are? <laughs> how smart you are. How what you are? How what you are? <laughs> uh-huh. More dumb <laughs> David humor. What do you think of his outfit? I call him Harry High Pants in this episode. Oh, my gosh, Grace. Do you notice Bruce Willis is not wearing any underwear at all? What? <laughs> <laughs> Shauna, but where on earth are you looking when you watch this episode? Well, you can't help but see that something's flopping around. In his- <laughs> Grace, go back and watch well, maybe that whole maybe scene. Maybe wearing boxes. No, he's not. He's not wearing anything. You'll see. Uh, now, You'll why see. would he do that? It happens other times. I think he just <laughs> threw on a pair of pants. He is not tucked <laughs> and <laughs> tucked in the way that he should be tucked in. Oh, my God. I can't deal with you right now. I can't deal with you. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first to notice. Now I know where you're looking all the time when oh Bruce is God. on screen. <laughs> Wait until you watch that. You're going to be like, wow, how did I miss it? Oh, I, yeah. No, I didn't um, notice it at all. Yeah. And that scene, I know this outfit is a little bit, um, like you said, the high-waisted pants. But especially when he walks Kathleen into the office, you'll see this whole scene anyway, when he's wearing those pants, he's flopping all over the place. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know whether I'm looking forward to seeing that or not. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty interesting. I'll point it out. I've got a whole video on it. So I'll point it out at other times um, in Moonlighting later on. You know, it's funny you should mention it. I did notice, but didn't notice that it was that. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) What else? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah, his pants are weird. Or, you know, maybe they weren't made properly. Or I don't know. I didn't even, (laughs) it didn't even click that it was that. Seriously, Shorty, your mind's in the gutter. <laughs> well, you know, yours will be there soon when you are looking at the footage. And I won't in a be able way. to watch that scene ever again now. Oh my gosh, I can't either. But wait till I point out some other episodes of Moonlighting where he's flopping around. But uh, yeah. <laughs> This is, this is definitely one of those times. Come join our Facebook community at Fans of Moonlighting the Podcast and our Instagram community at Moonlighting the Podcast. And this whole scene yeah. is just about a decision about where to go for lunch and wants Maddie to go with him. That's all it is. Yeah, I wrote this whole thing was just an excuse to come in and see Maddie, basically, yes, you know. Was. and. Also, we kind of find out that they go to lunch together, you know, because she she's not like lunch, you know, she's just like, oh, I'm not having lunch today. I'm going to the museum, you know. So he's like, I was trying to figure out where we should go to lunch today. Yeah. So I like that. I guess they never had burgers, but. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I just like how he goes via Siberia coming back to tell her that uh, where should we go for lunch today? That's all he had to say. 
That's oh, all I know. he had to say, but he has to go through AMFL. Yeah. <laughs> AMFL. Yes. Another mother for hire. <laughs> a mother for lease. <laughs> another mother for lease. Yeah. What do you want? Want. Why did you come in here? Lunch. 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 The meal between breakfast and dinner. I was trying to figure out where we should go when I came up with the idea for AMFL. AMFL. Another mother for lease. Great name, isn't it? Yes, and cousin April, and yeah, not a mother, a mother, a mother, <laughs> not a mother. Watch your language because mothers ain't nag. Thank God. The solution to this problem is a mother. Watch your language. Not a mother, a mother. Everybody has one. Everybody loves them, but nobody can stand to be around them. And why? Because they nag. Where to go? What to do? What shirt to wear? What tie to wear with it? What to get for cousin April? Okay, and that. In the preview one, two different takes of that. Nick, 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 nick. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's doing it a different way and he says something different. So yeah, that's a different take. It's on our YouTube okay. channel. By the way, I put almost all the episodes from season two. I will add a few more. So all of season two, um, all of you listeners out there should be on YouTube. Now go to Moonline in the podcast YouTube channel to watch. That's great. Yeah, so, he just goes through all this dialogue about, you know, us busy, overworked, overstressed executive types trying to make this weighty decision. And he's realized that there's an untapped market about getting someone to make those decisions for you. Where to go to lunch and do I buy a present for Cousin April? As always, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> no. I don't even remember saying come in. Now I'm yeah. possessed. <laughs> I know. He just barges right in on her. It was just so good at doing. You know how we were talking about, and I'm not sure if it was us talking or talking on the podcast, but from week to week, Sybil and Bruce can look so different. Their hair and their look looks so different. And it's only when you look at the dates, the actual dates of it's only a week or two later. Yeah. This is just an example of that. I mean, from knowing her to this, Sybil's hair, I mean, I know it's, you know, longer and straighter, you know, they've got it like styled in a different way and stuff like that, but Bruce's hair is kind of longer and flopping down in a way. And her hair is like, you know, long kind of over her eye a little bit like uh, in um, the dream sequence, you know, when she was playing Rita. Yeah. And if they just look so different, they don't look at all like they looked, you know, like the week before and knowing her, you know, mm. it's always like really interesting to me. Yeah, they have different looks, completely different looks. And it's funny because her hair's flat in this scene. And then later yeah. on, halfway through the episode, her oh, hair's yeah. all all volumized and curly again so yeah and I like it straighter and flatter she looks lovely in this scene I think she yeah looks she looks so beautiful. you know we're always saying how beautiful they look but yeah she, she does look particularly like gorgeous in this scene mm. and her look yeah she just has more of a classic look and he has more of that kind of like goofy early Addison look mm. so um, she's trying to tell him you know that she's going to go to the museum uh, oh um also he says, no lunch today, no TV tonight. But in the preview, he says, no lunch today, no television tonight. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they're just like different takes of the uh, episode. Well, I suppose they just take whichever one is the best for them. But the thing is, if you're going to do a preview, you've got to use the same one. But I'm happy. That well, yeah. That's what I was wondering, too. It's like, how do you cut a preview with different footage from the one that is, that sounds very seems complicated? Yes, and I know this because the same thing happened with West Wing. There's a preview of Martin Sheen in the bathroom, uh, blood going down the basin and so forth, when he was cut himself shaving or something. Now, we have never seen that scene, right? Um, it's not in the episode. Okay. However, 
when they were interviewing Aaron Sorkin, who's the writer of West Wing, he says the reason people remember that scene, even though it's not in the episode, is because of the previews. Oh, it was so they would do the, so they would send them snippets and they would organize the previews. Okay. But many times those previews were not used in the episode. So people think, hang on, I remember seeing Martin Sheen in the bathroom cutting himself shaving, but that's the reason why. And it's possibly what's happened with moonlighting. They've sent them off and not used them later. Yeah. Or they just use different takes or whatever. Yeah. They hadn't made a final cuts of the episode or something like that. And he says, choose away, Ma. <laughs> Like new, new nickname. She's always calling her something different. She's skipping lunch. And she's going to the museum. And of course, David wants to come with her. Of course he does. Because snakes have staples in them. Oh, I heard of him. That's a guy that duked it out with Godzilla, right? I know who it is. He paints naked girls. Nudes. <laughs> Nudes, right. Snakes have staples in them. <laughs> Because you may be surprised, but I like looking at naked women. (laughs) Yeah, no shocker there, David. Oh, no shocker there at all. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. He goes, I know about art. She goes, why? That it's short for Arthur? I like how he responds to this. He goes, now you see, you see, that's a cynical remark because I do. I do know something about art. (laughs) Yes. So is. then he goes through Peter Paul Rubens, how he's the master of the Baroque style, and he used to paint those big fat mummers with the major maracas. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's kind of uh, reeling her in a little bit. He's acting like the more sensitive, like serious David. No, I know my art. Um, he's talking about the artist and stuff like that. And she's like impressed for a minute, you know? Yes, because he says Rubens. And she goes, Rubens? And uh-huh. her face changed. She goes, Oh, how do you know about Rubens? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, Baroque. 17th century or whatever. And she's like, wow, this guy knows a little bit about art. And, you know, for a second, Maddie's thinking like, maybe he is a, a, a guy that I could be with, you know, like if he's into art and these things, wants to go to museums. But of course he has to like cream pie in the face, you know, yeah, one second later. He always has to stuff her up. If he had to just stop yeah. there, he could have gone with yep. her. But no, he yep. has to open his big fat trap. There are a couple guys, a couple of artists whose work I admire and respect. For instance. Rubens. Rubens? Rubens, Peter Paul Rubens, happens to be a favorite of mine. Flemish, 17th century, master of the Baroque style. David. He liked to paint those big fat mamas with the major maracas. What? Liked his women well-packed. An artistic notion not entirely lost on myself. You know what they say, the bigger the cushion, the Stop better... Stop it! The- Peter Paul Rubens was a Flemish artist and diplomat from the Duchy of Brabant in the southern Netherlands. He is considered the most influential artist of the Flemish Baroque tradition. 
Rubin's highly charged compositions reference erudite aspects of classical and Christian history. He was born in 1577 and died in 1640 in Belgium. And that is a little history of Peter Paul Rubin. Hmm. And yeah, of course, David has to take it to the lowest possible denominator by saying, mm. you know, he painted those big fat mamas, you know, more <laughs> the bigger the cushion. Yeah, then she know, cuts him that. off. Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> yes. And she's like, how do we work together? Yeah, your soul is vacant. Your soul is vacant. You have no poetry. You possess no sensitivity. <laughs> of course I am. I'm dripping with poetry. I have a poetry between my toes and under my fingernails. And <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, oh, David, <sighs> stop. However, my type of poetry tends to differ from, you know, your normal hobsnob variety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, it is just kind of a scene that really just not talking about much. You know, it is all about lunch and going to the museum and how David has no poetry. <laughs> That's like the, the gist of the scene. All of our innovative vanguard types have always been misunderstood. So he's elevating himself as a career professional, which he isn't. <laughs> just sits in his office. Yeah. Um, I really like what he says about E.E. E. Cummings. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they told E.E. E. Cummings, E, baby, use caps. But did old E listen? No. Little N, little O. Little N, little O. I didn't know about E.E. E. Cummings. He was a um, an American poet, painter, essayist, author, and playwright from wow. 1894 to 1962 when he passed away. Mm-hmm. He often wrote in all lowercase as E.E. E. Cummings, like he have it in all lowercase. Okay. He's often regarded as one of the most important American poets of the 20th century. Yeah, it's true. That's a name that you hear a lot, but you don't really know much about the person. You know, Mm. nice to know a little bit. And then Sylvia Plath, there's another one. They said, Sylvia, hey, Syl, cheer up. Or when they told Sylvia Plath, hey, Syl, cheer up. Now I know why people turn to drugs. (laughs) That's terrible. Now, I knew about Sylvia Plath because I have noticed Sylvia Plath has been mentioned in a lot of TV shows and movies, and I never knew Mm. what they were referring to. She was born 1932, died in 63. She was an American poet, novelist, and short story writer. She had a tumultuous relationship with her husband. They had two children before separating in 62. Plath was clinically depressed for most of her adult life and was treated multiple times with electroconvulsive therapy, but she killed herself in 1963. Right. Yes. So bad, but, you know, moon landing, they'll just kind of (laughs) feel cheeky sometimes. Cheeky, yeah. Did you notice, I think I'm right, while he's doing that dialogue talking to Maddie and he's going up and down, up and down, he goes to shut the door, but it doesn't shut properly because it's the left door. Wow. I didn't notice that. Anyway. Okay. Enter Agnes. Yeah. I don't like how Agnes is portrayed in this scene. Yeah. Like an idiot, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. They're kind of talking down to her like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they're both doing it. Yeah. They're they're treating it like a dumbass. I agree. Did you notice that when Agnes comes in, you can see the shadow of a microphone above her head on the door? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Take another look. I rewound it and watched it a couple times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you can see the oh, the boom mic, yeah, yeah. you know, shadow above her head. Yeah. yeah. Another single shot 
they're all there. Maddie and David are in some shots together um, in this one. Single shot with Agnes. Yes, they're in the shot where Agnes says to them, there's a client here to see you. And they go, what? Are you sure? Yeah. But why are they so shocked? They have had some clients come in. Mm. She didn't seem excited when Gillian Armstrong turned up. She goes, yeah, no worries. Let her in. Yeah, let her yeah. in. And, then, and Mrs. Grayson as well. Yes. They've had people come in. That, that's why this episode is a little out of left field. It's like, what? A client? You know, it's like, guys, you've had clients walk in unexpectedly, like in the last couple episodes. So yeah. I think it, sometimes it might be different writers that write yeah. things and they haven't necessarily watched the previous episode or they're too busy. I don't think they would have been sitting down watching every episode, but Glenn sometimes I think it's just different writers putting their 10 cents in and it doesn't quite match. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're treating Agnes a little bit more like she's a dumbass, like you said, and, and things like, yeah, everything's a little bit more exaggerated. Mm. Maybe that's what it is. Everything's a little bit more exaggerated in this episode. And it's yeah, like, it's very, very exaggerated. Yeah. yeah. I think that's um, what's throwing me off. So the client's waiting to see you. Show her in. Show her in what? Here. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Edison, Miss Hayes, there's a client waiting to see you. What? what? Are you Is sure? Her? I asked you three times. What do you think she could want? I don't know. Detective, maybe? Gee, that makes sense. Why don't you show her in? Show her in what? Fear! Right away, Miss Hayes. Fear! Yeah. She shows Kathleen in. She introduces herself. Now, this is how short I would look next to Bruce Willis. (laughs) I know. She makes him look so tall. My goodness. She's got to be five foot, five foot one, like me. Yeah, she's super tiny. She's gorgeous. Definitely. She's Yeah, she's a really, really beautiful woman. And did you notice Um, her skirt matched the couch? Oh, did it? Everything's colour coordinated (laughs) in this episode. You're not allowed to have certain colours. Right. Yes. Yeah. There is a certain tone to this. And when he walks in, he puts his arm around her or something like that and like walks her into the office, I think, if I can remember. Yes. Yeah. Because he said, oh, you've caught our slack decade. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's when you want to look for, you know, his. It's <laughs> 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 swinging around in there. <laughs> oh Very much so. Okay. But anyway. All right, so she sits down and she's telling them she wants them to protect her because there is a man following her. Um, They want to know if she knows why. Oh, indeed, I know why. He's after my pot of gold. And I love their expressions, their response. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Maddie and David are both like, okay. good. I know. I'm sorry, your pot of gold? Oh, sorry, I I should have explained. I'm a leprechaun. Maddie's face. I love it. I know. I know. It's great. Yes. Maddie has some very good reactions to her. This is where she gets a little bit condescending. Aren't you a little tall? (laughs) Even though she's pretty short. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. She's pretty small already. Oh, no. We can be all shapes and sizes. And she's like, (laughs) how convenient. How convenient. And that's a different take from the preview. The How convenient. Yes. Ah. Another different take. Yes. And she's like, aren't you familiar with leprechauns? And he goes, yeah, when I was seven. I know. Yes, exactly. So Maddie pulls David into the main office. and Which is a common theme. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of like one of the first times they step out away from the client to discuss. I'm thinking maybe not. And the finest uh, question: What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And how many times does she say that in this episode? We could count. We could have I mean, counted those too, Shauna. We should have. Mm. Yes. And there was something else uh, that I wrote down. I'll have to tell you later that I said we should have kept track of these as well, but I can't remember what it was. I'll tell you when I get to it. You don't want to take this case? What case? (laughs) That's another off-sud line. She says, well, do we ring the police or the Department of Mental Health? (laughs) It's true. He says to her, you're one tough customer. Yes. Yeah, he says that a few times. Remember he said that in... um, my fair David. Yes. I bet you didn't even clap to save Tinkerbell. <laughs> uh, I love it, Maddie. I love how she says later, did two clap to save Tinkerbell. Oh, no, she was very <laughs> upset that he said that. She was upset. She's like, you know, I'm not that cold. And, and that's another reference to um, Peter Pan. Yeah. And another thing he says to Maddie is, ours is not to reason why. Yes. Which he that. said in Lady in the Iron Mask. Ours is not to reason why. I love how he says it like he's singing. I know. But, I mean, he is right, you know, and every time he tells her that, it's like if someone has a problem, they come to us to solve it. That's the case, Maddie. Ours isn't to reason why they want our help. He's more focused on, well, you know, what if she's not a leprechaun? It'll mean that she's not being followed, which means that it'll be the quickest money we ever made. And she's not happy with that. Morally, she thinks, well, we shouldn't be encouraging her then they start debating about leprechauns as they're real. And she thinks, oh, don't tell me you believe in leprechauns. Well, then David throws it back at her and he says, you have no poetry. You have no sensitivity. Ooh, she didn't I know. Do that. Yes, I know. Off. I love how he turns it on her and he's like kind of shimmering behind her and like yeah. <laughs> really enjoying like. <laughs> Just like he did in My Fair David with, you know, how low can you go? And he's shaking yeah. behind her. Yes. And. Did you notice that Bruce is holding back laughter? He's laughing out of character on the line. Let's just say that she is a leprechaun trying to protect her pot of gold. Okay. And and you can tell Sybil is smiling or laughing and he's trying to hold yes. it together. <laughs> yeah. He does a little green, but he keeps going. He goes, okay. Oh, I notice okay. That. Yeah. Because he's trying to stop her from laughing and yeah. to make him laugh. So they did look like they were being kind of playful and like having fun. Yeah. You know, I think they were laughing outside of this dialogue and it was kind of coming like bleeding into the characters. And she says, stick it someplace, Addison. Stick it someplace, Addison. And that's um, also a different take and a different angle from really? what they show on the preview. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up and show you when we, uh, when we finish and I'm going to show you a few other things too. Okay. <laughs> and again, fine. Good. Oh, yeah, lots of fine, fine, good, good. Take it, but you're going to take it alone because I'm not going to be a party to this. Fine, don't be a party to this. Don't worry, I won't. Good. Good. Fine. Fine. Good. Good. More than once. (laughs) And then, yeah, she says, I did two clap for Tinkerbell. We hope you're enjoying listening to Moonlighting the podcast. And for all you devoted Moonlighting fans out there, we now have Moonlighting merchandise. Check it out at redbubble.com slash people slash moonpod2016. Now, did you notice, because you always say that to me, Grace, did you notice <laughs> yes. um, when David goes back into Maddie's office without her, Yes. Agnes walks in front of the camera just in time so that you can't see that Kathleen is not in the office. 
Oh, really? Mm. If you have a look at it, she walks past just in time because he opens the door and obviously the actress uh-huh. is not there. Okay. So I- Agnes walks in front of the camera just in time for you not to see that oh. the chair is empty. Oh, gosh. Okay. Jeez, they're so clever hiding things from us. Except we catch everything, everything, <laughs> everything. They can't hide anything from us. Then you see David exiting from Maddie's office with Kathleen, and yeah. is that when you notice things again? Uh, maybe, <laughs> definitely before, definitely before. You will see. I'm gonna oh, sure you see. <laughs> but uh, David's always like walking around with Kathleen, like they're on a date or something like that. Like, is this how a detective walks with their client? You know, yeah, with his arm, arm around her, arm fully around her. You know, opening the door, like you know. But Maddie's not jealous at all, if you notice. No. She knows that the woman's certifiable, so I just find in her. this episode a lot of the scenes they're sort of like mother father figures to her. Yes, especially later on when they sit down on Maddie's couch together. Yes, they're very mother, motherly and fatherly to her. Yeah. Totally. I agree with that. Yes. It's really sweet, actually, to see how like protective they are of her. And yeah, they can get like that with Agnes sometimes, but they're definitely like that with Kathleen for sure. And David does an Irish accent as he walks out with Kathleen. Okay. She says that it's the title that drew her to them because Blue Moon is a good luck charm to leprechauns. Oh, and oh, swallow me lucky charms. <laughs> swallow me lucky charms. <laughs> Irish people probably really cringe at that line because that's probably just like the most stereotypical, like Americanized, you know, Irish lucky charms kind of stupid. Yeah. And I looked up Swallow Me Lucky Charms and doesn't seem to be anywhere. So I I don't know. No, I know what that is. There is a cereal in the United States called Lucky Charms. Oh, is that why? Yes. That's why I'm saying it's got to be like the most Americanized, like lame Irish reference ever. So Lucky Charms is a cereal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where that comes from. This is where I need your help because a lot of these things could be American products that I've never heard of. So yeah. Oh, that makes sense now. Yes. 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 And that Um, comes from a commercial, you know, that they had for Lucky Charms and stuff where they had little, they had little leprechauns in the commercial. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she says that Blue Moon is a sign of good luck for leprechauns and because her magical powers only work at night. A Blue Moon is a sign of luck for leprechauns. You see, our magical powers work only at night. Night, huh? Mine too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> David, perfect line for David. I love that. And he looks at Maddie when he says it. He's like, oh, really? Mine too. So funny. But I love how he looks at Maddie when he says that. Yeah, in other words, you know, try me out, girlfriend. <laughs> try me out. That man belongs in a pound. That man belongs in a pound. Pound of what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Agnes. They're making and her that was look a, so yeah. dumb. I know. that. Yeah, they really make her look like she doesn't get anything in this episode, you know. Yeah. Like, she's not usually that ditzy. I mean, she's a little... Yeah. A little airheadish, but she's not a total idiot. No. Okay, and then we cut to um, David and Kathleen. Are they on Wilshire? Yes, they're on Wilshire. And even the building behind it says one Wilshire. Did they have dinner? I couldn't, um, I couldn't understand some of the dialogue. She thanks David for a lovely dinner. And then he says, oh, no, but you paid for it. Because basically uh, it's she's her, a client. part yeah. of her fee. So David took her to dinner. Okay. Yeah. And this right. is a nice scene between both of them, obviously giving Sybil a rest so they can walk. 
walked down the know, street exactly. at night time and he's got his arm around her and then he doesn't. Is it dependent on like if they're showing him from the front or behind? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And it may not be Bruce from behind. You think it was Bruce both ways or do you think um, they were using a double? No. I you think it was him? Yeah, I think okay. it was him. I thought maybe they used a double, but. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. I guess he liked to stick around and film scenes, you know, Sybil wanted to go home. So they're having a nice little stroll and um, she stops and says, I killed a man last night. And he said, yeah, I killed a quarter tequila. (laughs) (laughs) He obviously thinks she's joking. And he says, it's going to radically affect our fee agreement. (laughs) And so good because he looks back at her and her face is so serious. And the music, the scary music comes on. I love the timing of the music in Moonlighting. It's always so good. Yes. Yeah, she now, definitely starts freaking out. Yeah. She obviously has strong senses as a leprechaun because she knows that somebody's following her, yet she never turned around. So she has I this know. feeling that this guy yes. okay. is behind them. And I as they're running away, you can see there's nobody there. Yes. So she takes him to an alleyway and wants to go up the fire escape. David's kind of humoring her at first. But as they get up there and yeah, you know, as they get up there and he listens to her more and he doesn't see a guy following and he's starting to realize, you know, I think Maddie had a point here when he was, she was saying those girls crazy cuckoo, as they say later. Yes. Now he pulls down the fire escape and as he's walking up, he sings a theme to a TV show or something. Cause I sort of recognize it, but I can't put my finger on it and I need moonlighting fans to tell me what it is. Mm. Because he's climbing up, unless it's Spider-Man because he's climbing up, Mm. um, could be anything. But I've listened to it with my AirPods really loud and I can't Mm -hmm. quite catch what he's singing. So I'd like to know that, please. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention to it, so we need some help there. All right, so he's had enough. He said, look, I'm here to protect you, not humour you. But isn't it funny when the camera is above Bruce when he's going down the stairs? Isn't it like Richard Gere in in Pretty Woman? You know, when he is up there with the rose and he's looking up at her, up at Julia Roberts? Oh, yeah, yeah, on the fire escape. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah. One thing I don't get is he goes down. He's like, there's nobody here. Now, she's above him. He's down there. He goes, there's nobody here. Now, she would have seen McBride walk up to him. You would have thought she would have warned him. Give him a little warning, I know. I agree. He climbs up and she does her spell again. Now, one thing I want to point out is um, David uh, got hit on the back of the head and then fell backwards, and then he has a cut and blood on the front. But I looked closely and nothing ever hit the front of his head. Yeah, that's true. You're very correct there. Yes. Yeah, he was sort of hit on this side, wasn't he? Yeah, and then he fell back and nothing, you know, nothing ever touched here. He had a Band-Aid on the right side of his temple for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, yes. right. Well, that's interesting. I've got some things to say about that Band-Aid as well. but Does it change positions through the episode? <laughs> it changes colours. Colours. Does it? Oh, I don't even notice that. Yes, and I have more to say about that, Grace. Oh. Coming up. Coming up? Wait okay. for it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, yes, he climbs up and Kathleen does her hand thing again. Now, this has got to be 
the fastest police response in Los Angeles history. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That woman yeah, screams right out the there. window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She she screams out, I'm calling the police. And I swear to God, it's within two minutes. Yeah. What, that's were true. they around the corner? They just happen to be around the corner? Yeah, they can find their way into an alley that quickly, you know. <laughs> that is funny. So McBride gets away over the barbed wire. And the next thing, David and Kathleen decide to go to Maddie's house at 3.30 in the morning. Maddie's fast asleep and they're ringing the doorbell. We should count how many scenes that she's asleep and she has to ooh, look up at the camera. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, that's like. A, There's a lot know, of scenes I, like that, isn't there? I thought you were going to say how many times David wakes her up in the middle of the night. Like, oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> I know, he's never letting her sleep through the night. Like, he seems to get in easily any other time, but today it's like, let me in. Mm -hmm. and yeah. when it shows <laughs> Sybil through the door the chain's not there yes I was wondering about that yes I kind of noticed that the chain wasn't there and then on the other side the chain is there yeah so she's like it's 3 30 in the morning and he's like and you're up well I need help I've known that for months <laughs> and then Kathleen's there with him she's a little bit rude again she's going hello Miss Hayes uh, and she goes oh the elf he's <laughs> <laughs> like leprechaun leprechaun <laughs> yeah so she lets them in and sends kathleen into the land room sorry living room why did you bring that cuckoo to my house she's not a cuckoo she's just coo. <laughs> <laughs> yes because david was like everything is half it's like it wasn't even a fling it was a fluff <laughs> <laughs> i know everything is half you're right Somebody really is chasing her. He conked me in the head. My kind of guy. My kind of guy. I know, exactly, yes. He goes, look, it's true. The babe belongs in a bin, but somebody really is chasing her. So he's trying to convince her we really need to help this girl. Can't turn our backs on her now. Yeah. But Maddie has legitimate concerns because she thinks that, you know, how does she know she hasn't just got out of jail or <laughs> just got out of the loony bin or something? You don't know. It's true. No, I know it's true. Yes. Or killed someone. Or killed someone. And, That's and right. she has. So yeah, and speaking of that, she told me last night, what killed somebody with her hand? What karate? No, more like early Diana Ross. <laughs> That's a great line. Early Diana Ross. <laughs> In the name of love. That's right. They always put their hands out, didn't they? Mm, really funny. They were supreme, the Supremes. And what about Maddie's nighty? Yes. <laughs> yes. They're, they're yes very much yes. you know you are very observant of certain parts of the body in this episode shauna well gosh i mean some things are hard not to see you know well, maybe maybe she was cold i think she was cold yes and, and that uh silky nighty you know is very <laughs> uh i would have thought they could have put some tape on her or something <laughs> i know it's so funny it's like just like, like a little slip over her, you know. They go into the living room and, and Kathleen is asleep. And this is a cute little scene between Maddie and David. Here they're very much mom and dad putting baby to bed. But you know what I hate? The interaction and how he pulls Maddie clothes and all of that. What I hate, and I think you're going to agree with me, is the tiny little thin blanket that Maddie puts over Kathleen. It's not even a blanket. It's Kathleen's shawl. Oh, is it Kathleen's shawl? Okay. I thought Maddie took a blanket from her couch or something. Yeah, because she had that shawl on. 
She's mm, just put oh her own gosh. shawl on her. She couldn't even go and get a blanket. <laughs> it looks so cold. I like to be cozy and I don't like how yeah. cold that looks, you know, I that know. she's sitting on the couch like that. Oh, I know. Here's the thing that um, I was saying that I think we should count, even though I, I may have counted it before. Um, when David does his two fingered kiss. Oh, yeah. Which he does quite a few times yes. throughout the series. But here's the first one I think we've seen so far. Yes, because he does it in Big Man too, doesn't he? I think he does it in Big Man in the hotel room. He does it in Witness. does it in Witness. When he's walking away in the garage, he blows her a kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does quite a few times, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm, a few more things to count, Shauna. I know. It's nice here because he's got his arm around her and he's telling her she trusts us. She's in a peaceful mm. sleep. And Maddie's wondering, wonders where she's from and who she really is. And it's interesting here, David says, of all the dreams to dream, I wonder why she chose a leprechaun. You know? Yeah. Did you notice how when he turns the lamp off, there's yeah. some lights behind him and they're very small, but they're green. I think I kind of so noticed I that. thought that was a nice touch from the mm. cinematographer because the theme is green. It was just very subtle when he turned off the lamp. There's a couple of little, little oh. green lights behind him. So I thought that was good. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't pick up on that really. All right. So the next morning they go to the coroner's office and the coroner opens up the drawer and it's Edward O'Leary and he asks them, you know, do you recognise him? No, we didn't know him. Well, what do you want to look at the body for? <laughs> like the coroner's a tad confused. Perspectives <laughs> <sighs> is what we do. That's what we do. Yep. And, and he, Maddie, I love how he says, do you want to look at any others while you're here? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. If you want to look at this one, you want to see any others? And Maddie doesn't look too uh, happy to be looking at the body, of course. Yeah, she looks like she's going to puke any second. Now, if they ask for the cause of death, and he said it's heart failure, but <laughs> like, David, why would you ask him? Do you think he would have died from some sort of spell? <laughs> why would you ask a coroner that? You know, they're scientists. They're medical people. They don't believe in all this mumbo jumbo. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, the guy's like, he's 70 pounds overweight. He walked up four flights of stairs and he's. Yeah, and he smoked and he was 55. And yeah, his ticker just gave out. End scene. That's it. Okay, now let me tell you something. Tell me something. I'm about 98% sure. <laughs> That remember, I showed you the picture of Bruce's mom, Marlene, visiting the set, and there's a picture of Bruce and Sybil and her. Yes, together. I'm pretty sure that this is the day that she visited the set. Ah, because what? Because of her hair and their outfits. What they? Really yeah, because wearing. of Sybil's hair, their outfits, and you know his shirt and the color of the band aid that he has on. So here in the coroner's office, and when they're in the car, it's kind of a beige band aid, like a darker color. And then in other scenes later, it's white. <laughs> but they have another car scene later, and it's the beige one again. Oh, my God. Um, they've changed outfits, but Sybil's hair is kind of the same. I think they did all the car scenes at the same time. All right. Okay. With his bandage, with that one bandage. And then another day, he had the white oh, bandage daddy. on. Yep. So, yeah, the picture with his mom, he has that darker bandage on. So it has to be the day that they did the coroner and the, and the car scenes. Right. That his mom, okay. yeah, so, yeah. So this is when she visited. Yeah. yeah. 
Great See? observation as usual, Shauna. Nothing gets past us, I'm telling you. All the details. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Somewhere Under the Rainbow Part 1. Stay tuned next week for Part 2. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to, to Moonlighting the Podcast. The podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.